listening to sermon audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. One of the things about doing campus ministry, I'm always reminded how big of um, uh, uh, how dating is such a big part of the college life. Um, just this past, was it weekend? No, that was Thursday. It felt like a weekend. Um, but I was sitting on my couch talking with a student about dating, and he's he's you know hanging out um, with, with with a girl that he's good friends with, and they're going out to dinners, and it's like oh we're friends, but I don't know if she likes me, and just that whole thing of like getting to know somebody and and, and meeting them. But one of the things about dating that that is always uh, kind of like you know I, 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 it's funny, but it's not funny because I know how like serious it can be when you have a crush on somebody from afar. And you don't know who they are or really anything about them, but like their Facebook profile photo or like maybe you've, you've looked at their Instagram. You're like, oh, I can't wait to meet them. How am I going to meet them? I don't know. Maybe maybe none of y'all think this way. Maybe, maybe it's just me and my college buddies. But like, yo, OK, I need to get the open seat next to her or, or him in class. And like what, what will actually be like when I sit across from them at Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, and we're uh, eating chicken wings together. Like what is that person actually like? Um. And so, but it, but it reality is when we have a crush on someone we've never met, we really only have a crush on who we think that person is, right? We really don't know anything about them other than just the little things that we've heard from our friends, that we've seen on social media, um, or that maybe we just assume based upon the way they dress or the way they look. And I feel like this can kind of be the way that we view the Holy Spirit sometimes, right? Like we've heard things about the spirit on social media and church pop culture and evangelical culture. You know, we've heard people talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, but we've actually never just like sat down and kind of been on a a quote unquote date with the Holy Spirit and kind of just be like, you know what? What is the Holy Spirit? Is it like this Jedi force, you know, because people be talking about like channeling the spirit or is it is it it like, you know, connected to God, but different than God? You know, what is the Holy Spirit? Has anyone ever been there? It's like, what is the Holy Spirit? Isn't it weird to pray to the Holy Spirit sometimes? Like you pray to the Holy Spirit. It's like, am I supposed to be praying to the Holy Spirit? This feels weird. Right. Has has anyone ever been there? Am am I the only person? Um, So uh, and, and, and here's the thing. That the term spiritual is like in now. Have y'all noticed that? People are like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I'm, or, oh yeah, I'm a spiritual person. Um, I, don't, I don't talk to God much, but I'm spiritual. And here's the thing. The Bible, like the word spiritual is very, it, it, it's a descriptive word. It means you have something to do with the spirit. You're a spiritual person if the spirit has taken hold of you. You're a spiritual person if you're possessed with the spirit. Really, in the Bible's worldview, you're possessed by either two spirits or under the influence by by two spirits, the spirit of Christ or the spirit of the Antichrist. And spiritual people are under the the influence of the spirit of Christ. I know some of you are like, whoa, that's weird. The Bible actually has a lot of weird stuff, and we'll get into it uh, a little bit um, in this sermon. But the main point is the spirit gives you access to God, so worship him. The spirit gives you access to God, so worship him. Um, and our first point, we're going to go through these quickly, is the Spirit gives you access to a person of God. Somebody say person of God. So um, in First Peter chapter 1, verse 1, you don't have to flip there. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. 
So I want you to notice in verse two, foreknowledge of God, the father, sanctification of the spirit in obedience to Jesus Christ. So we see here that all three persons of the Trinity pop up in, in a verse. This happens multiple places in the Bible. So we have God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. The son is the, the father. We could usually call uh, him the first person of the Trinity, the son, the second and the spirit, the third person of the Trinity. So there's three persons. Right. And the spirit of God is God. It's, it's kind of weird. Right. So you have three persons and it's like, is it like a pie? Do we split them up in three? Is, is each of, does each of them share like a third of God? It's like, no, each person is fully God, meaning everything that can be said about God can be said about each of the persons of the Trinity. Are y'all lost yet? <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is not a third God. Jesus isn't a third God. Like they are all fully God. I mean, we see this all throughout the scriptures. People obey the spirit. The spirit comes to people and gives them commands. People speak to the spirit. The spirit creates things. The spirit is called Lord in the Bible. All of these things tell us that the spirit is God. And all three of these uh, persons of the Trinity are equal in power and glory, meaning in the Bible, they're all equally worthy of worship, worthy of our praise none of the persons had a beginning and they won't have an end. They're all eternal. Essentially, the spirit is God. Are y'all with me? And so there's no illustration of fully grasped the Trinity. All throughout church history, people have been trying to use illustrations, but this is my favorite one. Imagine three torches, you know, just three people with three torches, maybe like your favorite medieval movie or something like that. And uh, there's a scene where they all are like putting their torches together for some reason. Right. So there's so, so there's how many flames. But like how many fires kind of. Right. Y'all get it. <laughs> so that that's kind of my favorite illustration. It's like but it, but is it really th- like, like, yeah, I guess it's three flames, one fire. Like each flame can be said to be all of what that fire is. It, it, it just gets confusing when, when, when you think too deep about it. But that's my favorite illustration of thinking about it. Um. What, what this means is we ought to pray to the Spirit. We ought to praise the Spirit. We ought to ask the Spirit to do things for us. We ought to talk to him with intimacy and with worship and reverence. Uh, the Spirit should be a regular part of our prayer lives, a regular part of our day. As, as we are walking throughout the practical days of parenting, going on our jobs, building, um, whatever it is, we invite the Spirit to come with us as a person who is, who is with us. But secondly, um, not only does the Spirit give us access to a person of God, because the Spirit is a person of God, remember three persons, one God, but the Spirit gives us access to the power of God. Somebody say power of God. The Spirit gives us access to the power of God. So, um, he get the, so through the Spirit, the power of God is at work in the world. Psalm 104, verse 30 says, When you send forth your Spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. So you remember in Genesis one, like the spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. So God's spirit was the way that God exercised his power over all of creation and formed all things. And God is still sustaining all things by his spirit. Isn't that amazing? Like the grass on, on this, on this hill, like those, those, those pretty trees, like the sun that's beaming down on those solar panels 
your heartbeat. Everything is being everything is being sustained and held together by the power of the spirit. But not only that, the church is being held together by the power of the spirit. In Zechariah 4, 6, uh, it says this. um, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. So basically here, God is telling Zerubbabel, you will not bring you, you will not rebuild the temple by just mere human strength. You will rebuild it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's true back then and it's true now for the church. Anything we do as the church is by the power of the spirit. Um, one of the most powerful cars in the world is the Bugatti Chiron. Is anyone like a car nerd here? Is that is it, is it still the most powerful car? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to see if, if, if it still is. Um, but it, but it has 16 cylinders can go up to 261 miles per hour. It has 1,479 horsepower. I don't even know what that means. Um, it is a strong car. But you know what this car is without its engine? A hunk of metal. Do you know what the church is without the spirit? A bunch of foolish people who can't do nothing. The spirit is the engine of the church. It makes the church go. The the, the church can't do anything, literally can't do anything without the spirit. It's not like, oh, the spirit weren't here. We we still walk around. and No, you can't even breathe without the spirit. You can't even hold your umbrella against the sun without just without the Holy Spirit. Right. Where there is no spirit, there's no heavenly power. And but you might say to me, look, the church is kind of screwed up. Like if the spirit is with the church, then, you know, I don't want like I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. And, you know, oftentimes I think we say that, but I really don't think that's true. If you really just read church history and, and you read what the church has done to the, the places in the world around it, if you, even if you look at specific churches like the black church and you see uh, the, the things that the spirit has done through the church, the church is a pretty amazing uh, organization. Of course, we, we have our we, we have our flaws because we're living on this side of glory. Uh, we are still plagued with sin and weaknesses and suffering. But the Holy Spirit, like, man, he is powerful. Uh, most, if not all of, of the amazing things that, 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 that we, that we think about and hold to that we cherish kind of particularly in, in, in the Western, our Western global American context, or, and even the things that non-Christians kind of hold to and cherish in some way or form, they have to do with the church and kind of like the intellectual and philosophical DNA that the church has given to the culture, um, and so I, I, I don't have time to go into detail, but the Holy Spirit has equipped the church to be salt and light to the world in real and tangible ways. Um, and Christian, what does this mean? This gives us access to the power of God. Like there's a reason why in the Bible God says that the same spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. Like the spirit that did the most powerful miracle that anyone has ever seen lives inside of you. This means this gives us hope for change. This gives us hope for our communities. 
This gives us hope for that sin we've been fighting against. This gives us hope when we're tired of parenting, right? This gives us hope as kids when we're tired of being parented, right? Uh, this, this gives us hope when we have to deal with the many avenues of life along with trying to be good neighbors, good co-workers, good friends, good family members, etc. The power of the Spirit actually, in the midst of weakness and despair, in the midst of sometimes feeling crushed down, gives us the power to keep going. The Spirit of God is your engine. Not only is the engine of the church, but because it's the engine of the church, it is your engine that keeps you going. Last thing, we talked about the person of God, the power of God, and we're going to talk about the presence of God. So the Spirit gives us access to the presence of God. Have you all seen Black Panther? It's a pretty cool movie. I was uh, I actually thought about it last night. Um, I couldn't sleep for a little bit, and I was like, should I turn on Black Panther? Um, but, uh, so, so, so you remember, like, one of the opening scenes when, um, like, the spaceship is flying to Wakanda, and, like, is, is flying, and, and everyone's kind of, like, a little nervous, like, oh, are, you, are you sure? Like, what's about to happen? We don't see Wakanda, and then they go through, like, this little portal-type thing, and then you see all of the beautiful buildings and the whole, is it a city? Like, I guess, like, the, the, the mystical city. But here, here's the thing. The spirit is kind of like that portal. There are two realms. I'm, I'm going to kind of combine two shows in a mixed illustration. I'm probably not supposed to do this in homiletics class, but let's see if it works here. Have y'all seen Stranger Things? <laughs> so Stranger Things has this realm called the Upside Down. Have y'all heard of the Upside Down? Basically, um, there, there's like this, this parallel universe and it's basically like this world, but upside down. It's not literally upside down, but it's basically like a dark kind of like gloomy version of this world. And when things happen in the upside down, like you see little traces of it in this universe. So in the upside down, someone could be like walking past this table. And in our realm, like the table would shake a little bit. And you're like, oh, someone's moving in the upside down realm. Um, that's almost like the, the Bible describes our universe like that. There's an earthly realm and there's a heavenly realm. And when things are happening in the heavenly realm, things happen in the earthly realm. And the heavenly realm isn't above the earth. It overlaps with the earth. This is why angels don't, they technically don't come down to us, even though the Bible describes it that way. Like God almost opens our eyes, almost like peels back our earthly eyes so we can see through. This is why like sometimes in in, in the, like Moses goes into the temple, into the smoke, and he's in the heavenly throne room. And you're like, well, how did that happen? How is he in the heavenly throne room, but in the temple at the same time? Like, how is he on that mountain, but he's also in the presence of God? It's like, because the heavenly realms overlap with the earthly realms. And it's almost like God does this, and you can, like, be in the heavenly realms. Are y'all still with me? The Spirit is the portal into kind of like the heavenly realms, into the Wakanda, right? Are y'all still with me? And that's why in the Bible, when it says the prophets were in the spirit, it's almost like they were in the portal to the heavenly realms. So when they were in the spirit, they were in the heavenly throne room of God, receiving revelation to bring back to the earthly realms. This is why when Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm the one sent by the father, he's sent from heaven. It's not like Jesus like floated down from heaven. We, we, we know that's not what happened, what's happening. Jesus has access to the heavenly realms in a unique way. When Jesus died on the cross, he was kind of dying in two places. He was dying in the earthly realms, but in the heavenly realms, he was offering his body as a sacrifice as a high priest. Are y'all with me? The Spirit gives us access 
to the heavenly throne room of God. And last thing, I'm a Bible nerd, so I'm just going to like throw these out there. But like, so in, on the mountain, um, there, when, whenever God would descend, there, there would be a cloud that would come down and there'd be like rushing wind and there'd be fire, right? Are, are y'all familiar with this? And, you know, people would be scared. They'd say, oh, God is coming down on the mountain. We're really scared to meet with him because there's all this fire and wind. But, but where else do we see fire and wind in the Bible? We see it at Pentecost. When the spirit is poured out on the church, a rushing wind and fire falls upon the disciples. Why is that? Because whenever the spirit shows up in the Bible, and you, you'll see it occasionally, fire and wind also shows up. This is almost like the Spirit's clothes in the earthly realms. So this is why when the Spirit is poured out on the church in Acts 2, you see rushing wind and fire. This is why in the Old Testament, when the Spirit is leading God's people, or when the Spirit gives Moses access into the heavenly throne room, there's fire and a storm cloud coming down over the tabernacle and coming down over the mountain. Are y'all still with me? All this is to say, all throughout the Bible... Whenever someone has intimate access to the heavenly throne room, intimate access face to face with God, like Moses or the disciples at Pentecost or any of the prophets is because the spirit is at work. The spirit is upon them. And Christian, this is a beautiful truth because you have the spirit of God. This means there is no deeper way that that you can get intimate with, with, with God in this world than having his spirit. This is what it means that the Spirit is among us. This is what it means that, like, that, that, that we can know God face to face even right now because we have his Spirit. And Christian, this means that as we pray, as we do our, our good deeds, as we love our neighborhood, as we fellowship with our family, as we fellowship with our church, if the Spirit is here, God is here. And we have access to the heavenly throne room of God. This is why the Bible uses language like uh, when we pray, we are praying at God's throne of grace. When we worship, we are worshiping with angels in heaven and, and, and saints who are in heaven. The Spirit gives you access to the presence of God. But you might be wondering, okay, this, this all sounds grace, great, but how do I get this Spirit? The Bible says that in order to have the Spirit, You have to have the one who pours out the spirit. You have to have Jesus. And this is why the resurrection and ascension is so important. Jesus even tells the disciples, it's better that I leave you because then I can actually pour out the spirit. He's like, y'all, it's much better that you have the spirit. Jesus calls him another helper. So when the spirit is poured out, Jesus is not only with the disciples, but Jesus is in the disciples. The Spirit is the way that Jesus wants you to have access to him and intimacy with him. So, family, Jesus is the way to have the Spirit. So if, if, if you're saying, you know what, like, I want the Spirit, I invite you to place your trust in Jesus today. But if you're like, look, this all sounds really weird. Like, you're talking about a Spirit, like, you know, having access to a Spirit. This sounds really weird. I have another invitation for you. I invite you to stick around and watch other people who have the spirit. Watch, watch how Christians move. Watch how we invite each other in, in, into each other's homes. Watch how we serve our community. Watch how we pray. Watch how we lament. Watch how we worship. All of these things we claim only happen because of the spirit. 
and 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 if you're among us, and I and we welcome you to be among us, and we want you among us, and you say, you know what, like this spirit thing is something real, because because Christians move differently. I invite you, and and I want you to receive the one that we love and the one that we worship so that you might also receive the Spirit. Amen? All right, let's pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.